This is Richard Green, the management solution for overworked, overwhelmed, stressed out entrepreneurs. Sit back and relax while Wait, look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Thank you, Richard Green of ADHD Entrepreneurs. As if I would ever allow Superman to host this show. Superman is a pussy. I am Tom Nardone, stomping a mud hole in the internet's asshole each week on the Tom Nardone Show. I am here without the benefit of my lovely wife, but never fear, for I have a suitable host or guest host in Eric Tivers of ADHD Rewired. Uh, Eric has become a very, very good friend of mine. We are very tight, which is part of the reason why this is, without a doubt, the longest show we have ever done. As a matter of fact, this show is more than twice as long as the longest show we have ever done. So uh, I hope you have something to drink and be comfortable. And without further ado, Eric Tivers of ADHD Rewire. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I uh, woke up. I was able to play uh, some Xbox. Uh, I started to get my room clean, but so you've really had a productive day. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried harder than I normally do, uh, and my Xbox was kind of irritating me. And I actually started to. Uh, I started to clean up, but then I just. I don't know. I think you might have asked me if I was ready, and I was kind of ready, so. We just went ahead and got started. But anyway, we're talking about uh, failure today. And something uh, that's, we talked about doing this show yesterday. And after that, I was at work thinking about failure. And it occurred to me that uh, people really love failure. Uh, if you, you know, a lot of the videos and stuff on YouTube and Facebook that we see, uh, they feature people. And it's, you know, if you see a guy on a, on a balancing beam, you know, you don't think somebody posted that video because he successfully walks across it without any problems. You expect that he's going to he's going to fall and bust his ass or break a break a bunch of stuff. And that's why we watch. Uh, and it it occurred to me that people do appreciate failure, but not their own. Mm -hmm. Not everybody celebrates uh, failure the way we are going to do it today. Now, the uh, you know, the stunt that what was the guy i think he did it there it's a family and they do i think the guy might have walked the tightrope stretched across two buildings in chicago recently he uh, i think i know who you're talking about something enies the mancinis or the i can't remember their name but it's like thousands of people that's, that's par for the course for me I, I can't remember anybody's name thousands of people were gathered around but the thing is, if he was if that if that rope was eight inches off the ground, you know, I don't I don't think anybody would have shown up because, you know, the, the failure would not have been nearly as catastrophic. It right. would really be uh, more of a maybe a mild injury, maybe nothing. But the fact that he's, you know, thousand feet in the air, you know, it's it's odd And NASCAR. And I know a lot of people watch NASCAR because they just enjoy watching cars go around the same track 600 times. But I think a lot of people are watching for a wreck. They they want you know when they people get back from a NASCAR race, it's not oh hey 
did you did you see how you know how controlled his turn was on the 280th lap it's never that it's always about how hard he smashed into the back of what's his name's car so it's it we love failure okay eric i'm gonna start us off uh in i mean i've failed plenty at jobs and and a lot of things like that but uh one thing that i believe it or not have done very little of in my life is dating i have dated very very few women uh, as a matter of fact, I would say most, if not all of the women, well, no, just most of the women I've dated have ended up being long-term relationships. I just don't like dating. Call it lazy. Call it awkwardness. Uh, it's all of the above. I hate everything about dating. But uh, I did when, before I met my first wife, I was actually had run an ad in the uh, in the singles. Uh, there was no real internet back then. And uh I ran an ad in a singles paper. It was kind of a dial-in thing on the phone. And I did manage to get a date with this uh, this girl, and I picked her up at her house. Uh, I went to the door, and she said, come right in. I, you know, I'm just getting ready. And I said, well, is it okay if I use your bathroom? So I went back to her bathroom, and I had was pretty nervous, and I had to do a number two. So I went ahead and took care of business. Uh, she got ready and then we left where we were going. Now in the car on the way to where we were going, it occurred to me that I had forgot to flush. And I'm in the car and the entire date, I am preoccupied with, you know, the reaction when she gets home. And I know I'm not gonna forget about it. And I'm thinking about what I can do to, to solve the problem. And it occurred to me that when we get back, I'll just ask her if I can run in and use her bathroom really quick. Uh, so I'm like, okay. So I was okay then. And I wasn't worried about it, which means that I, of course, forgot about the whole thing because I stopped worrying about it. So it wasn't even until I got back in the car after saying goodnight to her at the door that I realized that she is most likely, if not right now, then pretty soon, because there's a one bathroom apartment, it was the only bathroom in it. She will go into that bathroom and not only see the lid to the tank up, but she will be staring right dead at a big giant dirt snake that I left in the commode. And that will be the last memory that she has of me. And of course it was because I never heard back from that woman again. And I didn't really want to, because I didn't, you know, I mean, I, I don't even remember if it was a fun date or not. I, you know, it, but it was awful. It was absolutely awful. Uh, as you're saying it, so I have, uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but there's somebody that is, that is in my life, could be a, a family member or friend. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to keep their, uh, their, uh, and, and I can never say that word. An anonymity. Can you say that word? Anonymity. It's a tough one. We know what you mean. Okay. So um, she was. She. I'll say this, she was on a date, and I think it was a first or second date, and she she was kind of into this guy, and she also uh, similarly to you has to has to take a a number two as as you put it, and I really can't believe you called it that. Um, but she. <laughs> So she goes in there and she wants to flush, except it ain't going down. Oh man! And so she's like, okay, you know, she's trying to, she's looking for the plunger, and it, 
it's it's still not going down. So she, this was in a, um, I guess she was seeing this guy who was in a, a condo or, or um, you know, a high rise. So they had a, um, so she had to come out and say, um, I clogged your toilet and it's not going down. Um, and she was like horrified by this. And so they call like the, the building maintenance and he, he's in there for a while and then, so they're like watching this movie, and all of a sudden, the maintenance guy comes out with these buckets, and he's carrying buckets oh from God. the bathroom out to the doorway. And made, you know, this guy, I guess, pretty made some like comments about what was going right. on. And um, amazingly, they had another date after that, but it, but it didn't go uh, much further than that. But you know, I can really see myself, you know, if, okay, take my situation. All right. If it were, you know, she came to pick me up, she had to use my bathroom and I get back and there's a big giant dirt snake in there. I think I'd be okay with it. I think I can move. I could just push, you know, flush the toilet and let that be that. And even with, with your thing, I think I could eventually learn to laugh about something like that. But, you know, at the same time, I can't, I don't really have expectations that, that, that other people would, you know. All right, so we, we, we came to talk about our own failures. So Which that clearly was for me. I mean, honestly, that all I right, so I'll, I'll I'll share back, you know, going back to to, to little Eric Tivers. Goes all, right. all the way back to, to preschool. I have memories of vomiting on myself and then having to uh, go home in a black plastic garbage bag. You wore the garbage bag home? That's all I had to wear because I um I Your clothes I, were I, they done. were covered. In uh, Kindergarten or first grade, I um, some, I don't know if I peed myself or soiled myself. I just have this weird memory of the gym teacher taking a hair dryer to to dry me out. Wow. Yep. Yep. I'm and sure uh, and that's why I became a therapist. Did the class love that? Were they entertained? I don't think that they knew. Um, at least I hope they didn't know. Oh. Um. But you know there there was definitely tragic stories of uh, the the uh, of being a an awkward grade school student. Okay, now you had mentioned that you had twenty one jobs by the yes. age of twenty one. Yes. Okay, which I've had twenty one in a single year. However, <laughs> uh, many and I mean many of those jobs were very very stupid jobs, and the. Uh, one that I think is the stupidest. Actually, I think one of our people were, may have worked for the same company, but did very well with it. But let me tell you what this company did. They had all these knockoffs, uh, perfume, uh, like these perfume or cologne knockoffs of name brand. And allegedly, you know, this stuff was of much higher quality. And so instead truth, of like polo cologne, it was like polio. It, it would be of, um... some other name. You know, <laughs> uh, apparently they're capitalizing on the fact that you cannot patent cold, cold water or smell. Cool water was one of them. That was a big one. Uh, you know, Chanel number five or whatever. And basically I wore like a suit or I don't remember if I wore a suit, but I, yeah, I did wear a suit. And I walked around with a duffel bag with all this cologne and I'm just pitching people on the street. Now, the videos that they showed, you know, all these people are making like thousands and thousands of dollars. And, you know, I guess I believed at the time that I would do the same thing. So I'm running around like a moron, 
with this duffel bag, uh, you know, thinking that, you know, today is going to be the day, you know, and, and, uh, it, you know, it, it was, there was, um, another company I sold, uh, swimming pools for now that's not a silly notion. A lot of people buy swimming pools and, but again, it was a thing with a suit and it, it was sold like a bunch of rah-rah when we went, when we went there, it was like, it was always, it, for me, it was always some kind of a get rich quick. Hey, this is it. Hey, this is it. Everything I saw, it didn't matter what it was. If there was anybody doing it and, and making money with it, you know, and I, you know, give it all I had for a while. Uh, I'm really and, just trying to imagine you in a suit is really all, all, all my thoughts are, are, are centered well, around at the moment. I don't know. One thing I mentioned, uh, the company that I worked for that sold the uh, long distance service. And I don't, I don't know if you've gotten that far along in my book yet, but you know, I wore a suit at that job. What, what page it was I on when I, um, I think I just finished the, the introduction when I last <laughs> talked to you. I'm still, you I'm still there. Page 14. I, I think I'm still there. I'm actually, I'm actually pretty <laughs> positive of it. Well, good. Then you're, uh, you're just, uh, you know, you're just letting, you're not wanting to, it's like a fine steak, you know, you just want to enjoy it. Uh, the, no, like well, right, right now I'm, I'm actually, I'm digging into, um, uh, I don't know, you know, Brene Brown's work of, uh, you know, she talks about shame and vulnerability. And, uh, so right now I'm listening to the audiobook, uh, the gifts of imperfection. Okay. And so I, first Renee Brown, she's first and Tom Nardone is second. Well, that doesn't sound right. But, okay. <laughs> but she, she, fun. you know, in her, in her Ted talks, she talks about, she basically talked about Ted in the Ted conferences as a failure conference. And, you know, it's the idea that all these people come and talk about all the failures they've gone through and now here they are. So it's like when people think about success, it's not like they just try to do something one day and now, oh, they're successful. It's they've had so many failures in the process. Yeah. And, you know, not that I don't care if I've mentioned this before, but I, one thing I'll say and look, OK, so let me just tell you about, you know, in, in regard to failure and success, which I think Yvonne and I did a show success and failure. But anyway, and I'm sure I might have mentioned this on that show, but it bears repeating. But let me just use myself as an example in this. Okay, so about two, almost three years ago, I started a blog. Uh, it's different URL, same same stuff. That's when I started my blog, and I've been, I guess, writing for three years, and now I've got the. I think the first podcast we did, we recorded on December 25th. Okay, so I've been. I guess within the ADHD community now for about three years. Okay. And I've, yeah, I've worked very hard and a lot of this, you know, it's very, a lot of time with all that. Now I wouldn't, I guess people think that I am far more successful than, than what the truth is. I mean, people have an idea uh, of, you know, I mean, there's some people out there I've talked to, they think that I'm just rich from everybody reading my blog, which I never have gotten a dime for. Okay. But whatever. So, uh, in my book, which I, I still think we should talk about because, uh, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I honestly don't know how many copies of my book have sold, but I can promise you it is far less than what most people imagine. Uh, my book has sold. I have no idea what it is. I imagine that most people figure that, well, Tom's, you know, he, hell, he's got a book. So, okay. It's really not that way, but let's just say that, you know, let's just call what I've been doing, you know, I guess successful in, in, in that regard. But let's just say that a year from now I write a second book and it just goes berserk and it, you know, New York times bestseller and, 
you know, interview, say, oh, let's just, as long as we're talking fantasy, I mean, I'm on the Ellen show. You're I'm Oprah. <laughs> I am changing the world and the way they look at, at ADHD and people with ADHD. Okay, you know what I'm going to call that? Luck. I'm going to call it luck. And it doesn't matter how hard I've worked up until this point. It will happen sheerly by luck. And I know that's a, a word that perhaps some uh, successful people don't like to hear. I disagree with you, the actually. The truth is, I, I it is luck. Yes, I, I would agree with you. you. You can have, I mean, I don't know how many restaurants out of 100 fail. I'm sure it's 90-something. Why, why anybody would have a restaurant is beyond me. Why well, you anybody can, You can change it? your luck, though, by, you know, doing certain things. But, it, you know, you could do everything right and still not end up ahead. Uh, so I, I really believe that, you know, luck is a big part of any any success. I'm not saying it's all of it by any means. Right. Okay. But all I'm telling you is, you know, you can have two guys that are next door neighbors and they both start restaurants at the same day. They both put in, it's the same kind of restaurant. Hell, maybe the same name, two different franchises. They do the same amount of hours, the same amount of everything. And one guy might be successful and the other guy's not, but they both worked as hard, you know, and I... I hear people say, well, you know, you just, the key is to never give up. Well, that might be the key for some people. Eventually it, you know, it, it got to a point where, where they did, but on, honestly, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm lucky because people, I don't think people read me because I'm lucky. It's because I mean, they have I, nothing else I to do. People read me perhaps because <laughs> they have nothing else to do. And because I, I write to entertain uh, period. And I think that's been the secret of, of, you know, my success such as it is, has been up to this point. Uh, you know, but I don't, I, I mean, I, I sometimes do ask myself why, you know, why I'm, why I do it, uh, still, uh, you know, I don't get money for it. It's just, it, I don't know. It, it's interesting to me. The whole process is interesting to me. It's, it's, uh, it's the attention of course. I mean, that's the gotta be 50% or more. And it's the, and it, but really, and it is the, the very, that, that person every now and then I hear from that says, Tom, my God, I read this or I heard this. Thanks for so much for that. My daughter, blah, blah. You know, I mean, it's, that's all awesome stuff. And that's why I do it. But honestly, if, if I ever hit, you know, where I can quit my job because of, you know, this, you know, I'm going to call it luck. And that's what I believe it will be. It's not because I work any harder. I'm not going to work any harder than I am. So if it ever happens, it'll be because of luck. Well, and you know, part of Tom, what I what I kind of think, uh, one I, I think one of the reasons that I like you and your in your show, um, and just you know, just so your listeners know, we we are have become good friends off you know off these conversations, um, you know, so, but you know, so we clearly have very different backgrounds, and um, you know, or are I don't know, just but whereas as we often find as we're having the same thoughts at the same time, which is just too strange weird. i mean everybody does that but you and i it's, just... it's like we're, we're like long lost brothers and it... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, i have no idea what i was about to say um oh no i remember now um so i honestly believe that part of of where so i like your i like what you do because i think it's this kind of unabashedful acceptance of who you are but i also think that there is this big underlying fear failure and oh i will not uh, you know what 
that's another thing I had thought to mention is, yeah, and, and I'm sorry, keep, please keep continuing. You're right. There's an underlying fear of failure, without a doubt. Because when we were talking last week about, you know, I asked, like, hey, how's the book going? You're like, I have no idea. And I'm like, come on. Like, no, really, I, I really don't. I, right. I know, you're, I know you don't, which is, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, when I like when I'm launching one of my like coaching groups, I'm like checking the cart every like two seconds, refresh, refresh, refresh. I mean, for me, it's kind of exciting. You know, it's like, did everything I do pay off? Is it, you know, it's, it's, but I, I also realize, and this is something that I've been realizing too, through learning, um, listening to a lot of Brene Brown stuff is how much I've almost put, uh, into the idea of, of success as in, in self-worth and, um, so I'm like, I'm working on that myself and realizing that, you know, my productivity and my success should not be tied to self-worth. And if I'm being real honest with myself, I, I'm, I'm working right now on, on how to, how to separate that. Um, cause it's, it's hard. Cause you know, I've, I have failed many of times and I was just, you know, thinking about, you know, when I was in college, my freshman year of college, uh, and this is kind of how I. Uh, learned that I had ADHD. I, I almost failed out. My first semester, I got a 2.2 GPA. Um, I was really enjoying myself. My second semester, I decided to open up the books, um, and I did worse. I got a 1.8. You know, so uh, you know the moral to that story, kids, is uh, you know study less. Study less, and that's a wrap. No, so um, I I figured out that, that following year um, as kind of as luck would go, I had a, a, meet, a conversation with a, a, a friend at the time, and I still can't remember who this friend was. All I know is we, ha we, we had dinner at an Italian restaurant. I think it was in Peoria. Um, I can't remember who it was, though. I've been trying to figure it out because that's the person who, like, helped me see that I might have ADHD. I got that evaluation. Turned yeah, out I that I did. You talked about that on your very first show. And I'm still, like, that. hoping that somehow she'll listen to it and contact me. Like, I was the person that you had dinner with, and um it's probably never gonna happen i'd say there's a there i mean there's a, if she told you about your adhd there's a chance that that they might do a search for it one day and there you are but do they know your name i don't know you know if, she, oh. if she's if she's as good as is with names as i am then no uh. yeah and it was uh you know it was kim trumbo who had said that she thought it was so cool that that you and i could possibly be friends and of course what she meant by that was you know i mean your show is is you know, inspiring. Uh, and I'm not suggesting mine is not or is any of these things, but your show is inspiring and, and it's educational. And, 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 you know, and you're, and I, I'm, I listen to it every week because, you know, you're, you're not, it's not this cookie cutter kind of a show where, okay, we have a guest, we talk about what the problem is. You know, it's never, it's not ever like that. And you, well, and, and that's that's what ADHD Rewired is. It's it's sharing the stories behind everything. And and what your show though is, you're living the story. Like we're it's like a yeah. a a you know, I sometimes describe your show as the conversation that we get to listen to. That are you sure you meant to record this? Yeah, it it really is a behind the scenes kind of a uh, out in the in the in the mainstream uh, now uh, with you know and me and Yvonne and you know. I was kind of really, Yvonne is so, I mean, she's not, uh, she doesn't really worry. Careful now. She's going to listen she does, to this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yvonne does care what other people think, at least more so than I do, who I don't really care at all, uh, depending on who they are. I mean, strangers, I, I don't. But, you know, I was really impressed that she was ever willing to come out and, and do the show with me the way she has, because, uh, 
you know, I'll tell you the truth. A lot of the stuff it's, it's the show is great because now it's like, there's, it's almost like if something, you know, stupid happens, it's not, it's not all negative. You know, if, 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 as long as it's not too bad or, you know, whereas it might've just, you know, been a mild little riff between us. Well, now it's something to talk about on the show. So there's something even more, there's even more positive things that can come from, you know, my lack of a, of attention to detail or my lack of ambition or, or whatever it, it might be, you know, and it's, but Tom, I still, I still do think that you keep self-describing yourself as having this lack of ambition, and I, and I, and I think that you're lying to yourself without even realizing it. Okay, I, I understand your position there, and I get it. Okay, uh, what I'm talking about is that as far as the show goes, uh, you know, the people out there with ADHD, you're right. I, I do have a lot of ambition. Uh, I wouldn't have written the book. I wouldn't have stayed the course until it became a book, and I, I can promise you that. Uh, if you're anybody's out there that maybe they just finished writing theirs or they're in the middle of writing theirs and uh, Eric, you're writing yours. So you're going to know this too. I mean, let's, let's be, let's be honest. I, I've just been having talks about writing it. I haven't written a damn word yet. Well, when you do, you'll, I'm going to tell you <laughs> the easy part is writing the book. I promise you, you're, you're going to, you're going to write it and say, gosh, I don't know what the big deal is. It's everything after that. That's a big deal. Everything. Like and I what? Mean, oh, it's just the, the, the edits and the what's next and the when am I going to hear from them? And it's just, it's the waiting and the wondering. And then, and then, you know, and then the book comes out and it's like, you know, okay, well, I, I mean, it's just like anything that if a movie that you've seen a hundred times, okay, that's what your book is going to be like to you. But now you've got to, you're supposed to promote it, you know, and, and it's not, you know, and that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, I mean, I haven't just gone gangbusters report, you know, uh, with my book or anything, you know, putting it out there because I, I didn't really know how it was going to be taken, you know, to, I mean, I would go, it, it's, it's a memoir of, you know, me growing up before they knew that there was a thing called ADHD, but Which you know, is just so know weird though, Tom, cause you, give a shit. I didn't know if anybody would give a shit about it or not. And, and apparently the people who have read it have thoroughly uh, loved it. I mean, I was very surprised at, at some of the, the reactions that I've got. I mean, I really was. So that has, has kind of, uh, sparked a little bit of excitement for me now in, in, in my book. Okay. I, I would like to challenge you to a self-promotional like book tour or, you know, something where you have to totally uncomfortably promote what you're doing. I mean, and, and give me, well, give me an example. Um, trying to get on different people's podcasts uh, to talk about your story and your book. And see, that's the thing about that. I mean, you and I are friends. So, and you've extended me uh, this invitation, Tom, if you ever have something you want to talk about and, and not just me, but others, but Tom, if there's ever something that you think is a show, let me know and we can do a show. So, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, I can, I can just walk right through the front door and say, Hey Eric, let's do the show today. You know, but you know, that's different for me to ask, but I mean, people I don't know, and asking, I mean, I don't want a bunch of people, you know, just like I didn't, I don't like it when people ask, Hey Tom, can I do a guest post on your blog? Because I'm not stupid. I, I know what that means. It, what it means is I'm going nowhere. I think it's because no one's reading me. People are reading you. So maybe if you put my, you know, words on your page, people will realize, Hey, I'm kind of cool too. And they'll do it that way. And it's not that, and I don't feel like I've worked this hard. So why should I let them? It's nothing to do with that. What it is, is that 
you know, there's nobody, I mean, I've, I've been a guest on other people's blogs, but I, I've not ever, I had one guest writer, one, and he, he was a 10 year old boy uh, writing about uh, why he, you know, what his life is like being an ADHD kid. Hmm. Uh, it was a, one of my readers' uh, sons, and uh, he really, his mom would read my blog to him every night uh, before bed. You know, she wouldn't man mention the cuss words. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, you tell him, tell your kid that if he goes and he gets, uh, I, it wasn't all A's, but if he gets all A's and B's, I'll let him write a story and I'll put it on my blog. And he did that. And he was so proud uh, to, to, to be there. And I, you know, and I. Thomas, I said, stories like that, that keep making me like you even more as a person. Well, you know, I'm, I mean. I'm going to make you blush. Your, your, your face is definitely. All right, I'm red. blushing. I don't care. I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> You know, I mean, but I mean, I really could. I mean, in, in three years, I have had a lot of people and, you know, I, you know, I could probably do a real meaningful podcast like that and talk about a lot of them. And I don't have to use their, their, their real names. Uh, but, you know, and I'm not saying I'll, I'll never do that, but um, it's just really not what this show is. Uh, you know, if you did a show like that, I would not be opposed or anybody else did a show like that. I mean, obviously I would go do, and I'm not saying I will never do it on this show. It just hasn't up to this point, uh, been what the show is about. If Yvonne and I ever run out of things that we, you know, bitch about or, you know, argue about, then, you know, perhaps that'll be, it's, I'm, I know, doubt, I doubt that will happen though. Yeah. And you know, there's a real comfort level with Yvonne on this show. And, because I mean, we're such, and not just because she's my wife, but we're just such good friends. Um, you know, you're the second guest. The first guest I had was Gina. I got to tell you, that was a little bit awkward for me. Uh, have, having her, it's not anything to do with Gina. She was great, but it's just, you know, I'm not, it's almost like, uh, like, like right now. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, I mean, I don't feel like I'm a guest on my own show because I'm here in my studio and everything, but it's just like, you know, it. You're surrounded it, by your creature comforts, overflowing garbages, dishes on your counter, show, rather than just me and Yvonne doing our, doing our thing. You know, because you know I can hit the pause button and say, hey, you know, and then whatever. But uh, it's just, it's just funny uh, doing Justine's show, which is a live show, is kind of, kind of exciting sometimes. But you know, at the same time, it, it's, you know, it gets a little funny. But you know, the point that I'm making is. Because what you originally were talking about was, you know, promoting my book, asking me asking to get on podcasts and that kind of thing. And it's just, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm just, it, I'm tired of talking about my book is one thing. Uh, I'm I'm willing to do it, though. It's not, I'm unwilling to. But the other I'm thing, is that enough people have read it. Enough, I just feel like this is what is happening in my head. You asked me about promote my book. Let me just say what's happening <laughs> in my head. Okay. And that's this. There's enough people I know have read it, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> they're going to have to <clears throat> do some of the promoting. I can't ask them to. But it's just like anything else that you buy. If you like it, you tell people about it. Mm -hmm. And then they, you know, that's kind of how things work. Me promoting my book saying, hey, this book is wonderful. You're going to love it. You know, okay, that's great. You don't but, need to tell them that. It doesn't mean anything is compared and Tom, to, doesn't mean as much as someone else that read it saying how great you know you're not letting me get an, a word in edgewise right now you have I, we're gonna need to take a pause here i think and um you just need to you know calm down take a All breath right. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm listening. laughs>
I'm listening. <laughs> I have no clue what I was going to say. And I kind of knew that was going to happen when I, uh, you know, interrupted you that way. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people feel uncomfortable with, with self-promotion. But here's the, here's the way I kind of view it. You know, as as a, a, a psychotherapist and a coach, you know, a lot of people in my field, especially in therapy, as, as therapists and social workers, you know, they kind of get squeamish around the idea of self-promotion. But the way I look at it is, you know, if you have something of value to offer, that you can make a difference in somebody else's life, being a secret isn't helping anybody. So you got to be able to get out there and, and share with people the value that you have to offer. Um, and yeah, it, it, it is a little uncomfortable, but it gets, you know, when you find people just like on your blog and the feedback that you've gotten on your book, you're, you're hearing that it's, it's making a difference. And so, but you got to put yourself out there. And it's, it's funny, Tom, because you're putting yourself out there on this podcast, exposing yourself to a lot of vulnerability. Yet, when it comes to the self-promotion stuff, it's it's so I almost it almost seems like the what you're putting out there in a very sort of vulnerable way is almost more of a, a protective mechanism for your own kind of ego than it is. To see. So it's like you can't tell me that I've screwed up because I'm telling you what I've screwed up. Well, here's the thing I believe it is because I, I did think about this <clears throat> before the show. Yeah, I mean, self-promotion is not anything I'm a stranger to. I've done as much or more than that than anybody I know. And, you know, you know, I even refer to myself as the attention whore. Yes, so you do. that, that would seem, uh, you know, like it's perpendicular to what we're talking about now, but it's not the it's book. Not. Let me tell you why the book is different. Okay. Yes. It's not the typical blog, Tom Nardone, as I'm sure you might've gotten already from what little you've read. Uh, <laughs> But what it is, is it's, this is costing people money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's very difficult for me to promote something that I know will result in, in them having to spend $12 on it. I know 12, I mean, Hey, you know what, to me, I guess $12 isn't, you know, as big a deal as perhaps it is to some, and it's, it's far more of a deal than, than it might be to others. Okay. But it's and granted, the ebook is three dollars. I mean, I think pretty much most people, if you've had an internet connection, chances are at some point, you know, you can spend the three dollars if you want the ebook. Okay. And I understand that, but it's just different because of the money. It's, you know, and I know that, you know, I I say I'd, and I oh, and by the way, I'm gonna get back to this in a second, but I meant to start the show with this, and uh, I did not. And maybe I'll even be putting this towards the beginning. But I'm going to tell you, uh, I would do want to cite a certain radio, or not radio, but podcast, an ADHD podcast out there that has been slinging around misinformation about Tom Nardone. And that show is ADHD Rewired with your host, Eric Tivers, telling his minions that I like tofu. <laughs> oh, yes, I... I got to say, I did listen to the last 20 minutes of your show about five or six times, and I loved it. The whole show was great, by the way. Uh, I'll tell you, Carolyn is truly amazing. Uh, Carolyn Dargenia is fantastic. As far as your guests go, I don't know that I have heard her equal. Uh, I mean, besides me. But uh, it's been, it was a fantastic show. And, I mean, it was a moving show. 
But the last 20 minutes, I have got to say, that should be on the best of reel. Uh, good stuff there. But excluding uh, the whole part about the tofu, Yvonne is still eating that, not as much as she was. I think she's trying to like it. Uh, she can defend herself next time she's at her microphone over there. But I am not on the tofu program. I would just assume pour a can of beans in a bowl and heat it up, which is probably what that is over there. All right. Is there anything growing on that? Well, no, it's all dried up. Oh, you know what? That is mashed potatoes from last night. What's Uh, What's under it? So it's a bowl in a bowl. It's a bowl in a bowl with two spoons. Okay. I was cleaning up. It was scattered around the room. Now I've got it all kind of organized now. Okay. Um, what, what I was getting to earlier about uh, that is, yeah, you're, um, is, oh, when you guys said, uh, you know how Tom Nordone's always saying he doesn't care, he totally cares. Okay. And it was both of you. I think it was Carolyn that brought it up, but you jumped right on board. I sure did. So I will sign equal guilt. Okay. I mean, no one can not care about anything. I care. There's plenty of things I care about. Um, I care about every single person who's ever read my blog or listened to my show. I really do love people that have ADHD. I have an empathy and my heart aches for, for those people. It really does. I mean, honestly, when, you know, I don't talk about this much when I am on Facebook and I read some of these, uh, you know, things that these people write about them or about their kid. Sometimes it just brings me to tears and, and I don't comment on it because I, I just don't have anything to say to that person right then about it. And I yeah. will vouch to that. Cause I, I, I don't remember what we were talking about at the moment, but I do know we have been in a conversation before where I, you, you did get choked up. Yeah. And it, 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 I'm, I'm overly sensitive. Uh, and that does happen, you know, at, at work if somebody leaves, I mean, I mean, it's not like I, they live local. It's not like I can't call them and, you know, but, but it's just, it's hard for me. And, you know, cause I love these people, you know, and, you know, I have problems with them every now and then, but it's very rarely that I have any kind of confrontation. Uh, I assume never have one, but sometimes I get, you know, irritated or whatever. And maybe I might, you know, lash out at somebody when I shouldn't, it was I mean, one time I did it and I, I, I thought I hit the return button to send it. And I remember thinking, oh, crap, now what am I going to say? When I got back to the computer, I realized, oh, hell, it didn't send. So I'm like, ah, that's great. But, yeah, I do get up, upset about that. And so, I mean, I do care. You know, I mean, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't do what I do for nothing if I didn't care. But, but you know, what I care about is is other people caring too much about other things that are making their lives difficult. Like it, there's nothing anybody thinks about what you do that is that necessarily has any effect on mm-hmm. on what you do. And it's hard to 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 see it that way. And I'm not and I look, I don't you know purposely dress up like an idiot just to go out in public and and demonstrate how I don't care what they you know, I mean, because that's that's just you just bad don't know how to match and dress. And I, and I have the same problem. It's not that I don't. It see it's it might be that I don't know how to do it, but it that's not why. But I according don't do to that. like you know standards, I just of... don't. It doesn't occur to me to make the comparison. I mean, I don't. I don't. You know. You know why I wore this shirt today? Because it was clean. You know that's why I wore these. You know, well, the pants aren't clean, but you know I'm on record about whole pants theory. But anyway, you know the socks. I wear socks because I mean yesterday I wore a gray sock and a black sock. You know why? Because they did match. They were both clean. I don't care. And yeah, I wore shorts. 
And yeah, two people noticed. And I, I mean, okay, I didn't do it to draw attention to myself. I didn't do it so that you could see how I don't care about you. No, I just, they were clean. I put them on. I didn't say anything about it. It's not like I wore a sign saying, hey, check out the socks. You know, it was not like that. It was just, I just didn't match them. And okay, yeah, yeah, good for you. You get the gold star. You identified my unmatched socks. I have some, uh, some clients, uh, some kids that I work with. And I don't know if this is like the new thing or if it's just like them embracing their own kind of quirkiness who like they always have two different, completely different socks on. And so that way, like if it's very clear that they're making no attempt to, to match, they don't have to try to find the pairs after the laundry's done. You know, I mean, they'll wear like a striped sock and a yellow sock like where it's just like, whoa, and they like it. You know, I mean, it just seems odd to start your day off worrying about something so petty. I you agree. Know? And I'm not going to and look, I'm not going to reach farther to grab the black one because it doesn't match the gray one. If they're I mean, obviously, if I've got three socks in mm -hmm. a row, I mean, I'm going to grab the two gray ones because I just just because. Now, and if I have a light gray, a regular gray and a dark gray and they're separated and I have to figure out the match. If I get a match, it is purely chance because my eye, I, I cannot tell the difference. That's outstanding. <laughs> so, um, Tom, wasn't this just be, be about failure? Yeah, it's uh, – I'm sure we can spin that around uh, talking about, uh, you know, ab about failure. It's more fear, uh, fear of failure. Well, you've done a fear of failure show. Let's, let's, let's dig in a little bit. Talk oh, about that's, some that's what it was. And I wanted to just – I did want to address what you'd said about, yeah, it being – because I was at talking yesterday before I decided, yeah, I'll get Eric on the show to talk because I was already thinking about uh, – a show about failure mm -hmm. and and that's one of the things that i like to do with guests it's i mean people people have kind of learned who you are just from our conversation but it's just to have people on to just talk about whatever not necessarily them being the center of attention or me but just you know in it just joining the conversation but yeah you're right though uh to be really honest uh i've, I've never claimed to not be afraid of anything and i yeah i am i i do not i am afraid of failure and that is, I would have to say, fear plays a big part into the decisions I make about the things I do and don't do. Tom, and I, I'm not ashamed to admit that. It's just, it's a fact. I, I mean, it is my fear. Have you ever listened to, um, I know you don't listen to a lot of other podcasts, but there's a really good podcast that I think you would like. Um, and I think your listeners would like. It's by um, Paul Gilmartin is the host. The, the podcast is called uh, The Mental Illness Happy Hour. Um, I think I yeah, mentioned it to you before. A really big show. Right, you were almost on it, or might be on it. Yeah, I I, I interviewed, I I did a session with him, and he always tells his uh, guests that you know it may or may not be uh, uh, recorded. He is going to be on my show in, in next month or so. Um, I haven't I haven't recorded it yet though. But one of the the, the segments that he has on a show that I really like is he has um, a listener or his guests bring in uh, there's two lists. One are loves, and the other are fears. Because having a, a fear off. And so maybe we can do that, you and I. Have a fear off? So an example might be uh, you know, just those, those thoughts that are in our head that, you know, the, um, the you know, and not just like a fear of spiders, but like, which I know you're terrified of. Um, Snakes. The, the fear, and maybe for you it's like the fear of having to like get a job where you wore a tie. I don't know, maybe something like that. Which, right. by the way, is one of the reasons I became a social worker because in my mind, I view that as a job where they don't wear ties. So that was actually one of like the top five reasons why I became a social worker. 
you know, I, I, I mean, I don't have a job where I have to dress really any certain way, but I mean, I would wear a suit if that's what the job required. I mean, I'm not anti-suit. It's just not, but I mean, it's just, you know, my job, I'm, I am not my job. I don't have a career. I have a job. That's, and I think that even if you do have a career, I think that, and that's something that, that I'm still kind of working on. And as I was mentioning earlier, is that not to define myself so much by my, um, by, by my job. So in this kind of idea of the fear off, um, how about I begin and then you can follow it. Is that all right? I'm kind of, go, take, I'm, go, kind of I'm kind of taking over your show here, Tom. Sorry. I don't care. All right. Um, I, I fear that, um, my son will think that I'm not a good dad because I work too late. Okay. Every single night I worry and I'm afraid and I don't, I mean this, sometimes it gets unmanageable, rarely, but I am afraid that I will have a heart attack while I'm sleeping. That's a true, that's a true story. I, I hate that. So I'll, um, all right. I fear that I will die of cancer and a, uh, and the cancer will be either in the, uh, in an area that I really wish it wouldn't be. <laughs> and I, and I think about that often. Really? So, so the, and the value of these fear, these fear offs with that, these crazy thoughts that we have in our head that were most people have these kinds of thoughts. So keep going. You're, you're up. Yeah. Okay. I fear that I will outlive somehow everybody who has ever or does give a shit about me and that I will be in a world where nobody knows that I exist. Uh, that mm. or I'm going to die early. So, I mean, either, either way, I guess it depends on the time of day. Okay. That's what I worry about. Okay. I fear that um, my doctor will make some kind of medical discovery and find out that I actually don't have ADHD. Really? That would, that would bother you. I, I sort of define myself in a lot of ways by that. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of us do. Perhaps I do even a little more than I would admit. But, you know, it, it, the thing about that, it's and, and, I, and I've never said this on the podcast. I did write about this. But if there's anybody uh, still listening, I'll, I'll make this really clear. And it's, you know, I know that it wasn't a while. It was a while back when the guy and maybe you need to hear this, too, because I know you don't read my blog. And that's OK. But because uh, you don't read Jeff Copper, he doesn't really. I, don't, I mean, I, I, I read just. Well, yeah, I know. Just not, not your blog. Shit. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> um, here, here's the thing. What was the doctor's name who allegedly, you know, developed it? Some German doctor who uh, anyway, he apparently what, 80 years ago or whenever it was, did, did he's credited with the discovery of, of ADHD. OK, I can't. Dr. Bradley. And, no, it's something Heimer or whatever. It's on my blog. I, anyway, he he, on his deathbed or near his deathbed, towards the end of his life, he had said that ADHD isn't real, that it's a fictitious condition, uh, you know, by by whoever. Okay, do you do you remember hearing reading about this story? Yes. Was a, okay, and okay. So here's the thing. So 
he he says that there's ADHD and has backing. What a wussy way to make a claim. You know, it's like you say this thing and then you die. Yeah. So his whole life is is basically, you know, that that is a huge part of it. So there's all every all manner of, of people who you know, have been doing research on it and studying it and everything. And then close, and, and of course, every, you know, all the, the critics are saying, oh, you know, what a crackpot, what a, what an asshole, what a moron, what a, what an idiot. But then towards the end of his life, see, he comes out and says that there, it's not a real thing. It's all fictitious. Okay. Now all the same people who called this guy a moron, who, who gave him no credibility, as soon as what he says backs up what they think well now they all have boners and they love this guy and and they just want to uh you know embrace him and say hey you know he i mean here's the thing this man's words that he spoke have absolutely nothing to do with the truth whether he says it's true or whether he said it was wrong if he never ever coined the if assuming that he did coin the you know the the attention deficit disorder or whatever it was called back then it it wouldn't my life would minimal be, brain you know, dysfunction was one of the original terms that my show would not be called ADHD people. The Tom Nardone show, it would have, it would have been called the disorganized narcissist show or whatever <laughs> uh, other manner of, you know, name you want to give it. Okay. It's just it, him denying it at his deathbed means absolutely nothing. It does. It never did. It didn't, it never meant anything. That's, and see, that's why nothing I think or believe, is based on any research. I don't. I don't discuss the science part of it because that's not why I believe. I, I believe it because of the way I live my life. So that's why I talk about it. That's why I don't. I'm not suggesting there's no value in the science of all this. I'm just telling you that's why I have no interest in it because it's not the science for for which I believe. It's it's my life and the people. It's it's all about the Facebook groups. The, the people, when my eyes were open the second time, was finding out how, you know, it was one thing to read about myself in this other book, but to find out there were so many, uh, and I didn't realize that until I got on Facebook and got in these ADD groups. Every little thing they said, it was just like, that is, exa- I mean, it was mm. two, it was, and it was not just one or two things, and it wasn't even just 10 things or 20 things. It was just everything. Right. And it's so, so many little things that are relatable. So if they do, so if all the scientists and all the people and all of our doctor heroes, such as they are in the ADHD community, change the way they view on it, and t- it's not going to affect anything that I think or do. It just, it, they don't, there's, that's not why I, I, I'm not, I'm not. I don't have like a brain scan on my wall to remind me every day that, hey, you know. There's I, nothing there. It's not why I believe. It's not why I believe. It's not. I think you, I missed, mean, I think you missed that. Missed what? What'd you say? You had a brain scan on your wall, and I told you there's nothing there. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So anyway. I, I think you're avoiding that, your next fear. Does that fear. help you with your fear? Does that help you with your fear of that? Well, I think that's, you know. That speaks to something separate, you know. So my fear was that that I'll end up like that I don't actually have ADHD, and then how do I continue to promote? Yeah, in a sense, um, my brand, which is all about this. About that. Uh, well, well, the other half is that like, what if those crazies who say the ADHD isn't real? What if they're right? It's, you know, it's. I don't yeah. Know. All right. Well, I think it's my turn anyway. Yeah, it is your all turn. Right. I was supposed to be thinking about my next thing while you were talking and I wasn't. Well, that's, but that's a good thing that you're not doing that. Yeah. I, 
you know, I, I guess um, just general fear of, of the, you know, I, I worry that I'm going to get a phone call that one of my friends are, you know, tragically died. I, I always think that I am on mm. the doorstep of, of something really awful, something that I wouldn't like, like to hear, you know, and I, I, one thing that I'll, you know, I had to, I listened to your last show, but I'll tell you, I didn't get through the show. And I think I sent you a message about this, but which one, but your last show with Carolyn. Oh, not the Dr. Barkley show. Uh, it was the one before that with Carolyn, you know, I, you know, I don't know why, man, but it's the first five minutes into the show. When you spoke about your client, I, I, I had to turn it off, man. It was just, it was, it was too much like what I'm describing. It was like that. That's kind of how, you know, I don't want to, I'm sometimes I'm scared when I get on Facebook, I'm scared. I'm going to hear that there's, you know, a thread that ran 900 deep because, you know, something happened to some of the people out there that I know really well or care about, you know, and it's, I don't really know how I would take that, mm. you know, it, it, it would be tough. Yeah. It would be, a, it would be a tough, tough thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those who don't know, um, I had a client a few, uh, a few weeks ago now, uh, two, three weeks ago, um, that uh, type one diabetes uh, who, who died from a, a diabetic coma. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, it, it's still kind of unreal to me. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I can't imagine that, you know, that's, that's really terrible. And I felt, and I felt bad for you and I've really kind of felt bad that, I, I mean, I must've missed your post about it. Cause I, I, you know, I, I kind of didn't want to ever talk about it with you. Cause I was worried that you, you know, I didn't want to have that confrontation that, you know, something so awful happened to you. And I didn't even say anything about it. That bothered me to, to think about that, man. You know, I didn't want you to, that's, uh, you know, I didn't, uh, that was, that was another fear that I had, you know, mm. that, that someone that I'm, you know, I, I, with my book, another fear is that I, I, I worry that people are going to, you know, I, I mean, I guess the reputation that I have is that, you know, I, that I do this because I care and I do this because you know, I inspire people. And I guess one of my big fears with this book is that I, I was worried people were going to change the way, you know, think, well, man, Tom just, uh, you know, he was great for like a long time. And then he just got all about the money, you know, and I don't, I, I, it's irrational to think that. I mean, I think most people understand that, you know, I mean, okay, great. I blog, I pay my internet, whatever. That's how that goes. But you know, the book actually, it, it costs money to produce it. It costs money to, to do a lot. And I think they do get that. But but still, it's it's you know, it's that that is part of what some of my reservations have have been about it, which, you know, but the main reason why I didn't really just blast it out into all the Facebook groups is because, you know, a lot of them do have the policy about uh, solicitation of mm-hmm. uh, of things that cost people money. And, and I understand that because I've seen some really horseshit things come through uh, the thread on on Facebook. And, and, and I just don't want to be lumped into there with my book. You know, the book, I think everybody, as far as I know, just about everybody seems to, to know it's out and the people who want it will buy it. And the ones that don't, it's okay if they don't buy it, you know, I mean, and I don't I, really, I'd rather people just read it than if they had, I mean, if there's somebody that, you know, has the book and wants to loan it, so, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me a bit. I'm just glad that both of them read it. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't, 
you know, it doesn't bother. I mean, I know the. I, I wondered if the book was good. I've just heard too many uh, of the right kind of comments to to dispute that it is a good book. And I've I, heard many people say that they surprisingly couldn't put it down. Yeah, um, like uh, who was it? Real was sent me a picture of her in her hammock. I don't know if you saw that picture. Yeah, I did. Of her hammock. Real Giles, the ADD coach, and uh, she was far. I mean, boy, she. I forgot where she. She told me where she was in the book and said she'd plan to finish it that night. So, I mean, reading that, mm. I mean, it's a, I don't know. I, you know, honestly, I don't even know how many pages. It's like so, 100. So because, Tommy, you would never say this, and to be really clear what I'm about to say, you have not asked me to say, I think that everyone listening not only should go to, to tomnardone.net. Is that your website? <laughs> and not just by one, but by two. By two. <laughs> Give you know one for yourself and then one one for your grandma. <laughs> yeah, Tom Nardone. <laughs> you know, I always make funny. It is funny to, how embarrassed you look right now that I that I just promoted you on your show. I know it's. I it's, love it. I'm totally enjoying your discomfort at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's. I don't know. It. it you're it, you're a humble it, guy, and I like that. Well. It's, it was funny, though, because of all the, you know, when it's like, I think I, it never really occurred to me that I was or wasn't doing it uh, until you'd say, you said, hey, so, Tom, tell me this. I mean, your book is out. How come you're like not even promoting it? And I, it just kind of, yeah, I kind of not, you know, I didn't really think much of it. I still can't believe been, that you really don't know how many you've sold. I no, on a, but, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the truth about that is, um. At the end of April, like May 1st or 2nd, I figured, okay, well, you know, I guess they report by the month, and they do. Mm-hmm. And I, I called my my publisher, and I asked her, I said, you know, Red, uh, or I didn't, I, I messaged her, I sent her an email, and I said, Red, listen, uh, you know, just out of curiosity, uh, you know, I'm, do you know how many books I've sold up to this point? And apparently the, the printer, uh, sends that because i think the, sh- the printer actually does ship them uh and i think that the they our numbers are they're they're and i don't know why i mean i, I they're just june 5th is how is the date that i find out how many books i sold for the month of april i assume what's after J- july 5th is the day i'll find out how many i sold for the whole month of may mm-hmm. and you know, I'm. Did they give you any preliminary? I haven't the slightest idea. Uh, of what so, Tom, is, is is your phone connected to your computer so we can like actually call your publisher right now and record it? It is not. I, I mean, I have a phone, but it no, it's not. Uh, why would I want to put her on the air anyway? <laughs> I don't even. I don't think she listens to the show anyway. And I'm, and look, I mean, I have, because I'm I, sure I, if she did, she Redmond, would, she would Redmond probably cut your, she would, she'd... productions is actually uh, the company and they're, and they, you know, they're, they did it all. I mean, you know, they, I didn't have to, all I really did was wrote the book and do the edits, all the, uh, you know, behind the, you know, the, the formatting and all that. I mean, I didn't have, have to be, be involved with that. You know, they, I, I can't complain a single bit about the job Redmond did while at the time, there were times that I felt like, you know, but you know, if I was going to be honest, yeah, there were times I felt like things could have gone quicker, but I think for instance, the Brody Bricker chapter would have not made the book had it gone as quick as I feel like it should have gone. So Mm. 
that time was a lot of time of reflection and thought. And like, it wasn't like, you know, like you have the 2020 hindsight, like, oh man, I should have put this in the book. See, I'd have none of that. There's nothing that I'm aware of and at all that I wish had gone in the book that did not uh, because of the time it took. So I don't know that that was necessarily at play, but that's just how it turned out. And I'm pretty comfortable feeling that way and it's fragile. So I'm going to leave it alone. Could, uh, could, we, could we get back to a couple more fears? Yeah. What's your next one? I, I just went. Okay. Um, I'm afraid of being on vacation and not having any clean underwear. That's a real fear. I'm, are you trying to be funny or are you really? No, I'm totally dead serious. And in fact, I usually like double or triple the amount that I know I actually need. And uh, I think one or two summers ago, I went on vacation and I completely forgot all of the underwear. And I have a totally like irrational, like, what if I run out of like clean underwear? Like, because I like hate the feeling of like having like not fresh underwear. Like, especially on like on a summer vacation, we were sweating and all that. Like, I, 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 like, a, I like a clean pair of underwear. And, um, so yeah, it, um, that, that is a fear. You know what, man, here's the thing, what we should do. I'll tell you, we're going to pick a day. All right. And we're going to both do it. We're going to do a show together again. And it's, but a week before the show, you have to wear the same <laughs> pair of underwear for 168 hours. It That's will not happen. Or in a week. It will not happen. And we're going to talk about how you feel. And at the end of the show, you know, you can step away from the focus of the camera and then change into new underwear. It will not And then happen. come back in and then talk about how you feel. Now you if you if you could see your face right now, that I'm I'm just saying you do not look <laughs> very comfortable. It wouldn't be a big deal if I did it. I'd it's rather so, go. I'd rather go 168. Not a of mine. I, I, I'd rather go 168 days not wear or hours not wearing underwear than having to wear the same pair. Just the thought of that is awful to me. Here, here. All right, your, your turn. Oh wow. Um. Okay, this is a a light one, uh, and oh wow, it's a pun. And when you hear it, you'll know what the pun means. I can't eat in the dark. I mean, Yvonne, it drives Yvonne crazy. It doesn't matter what it is, okay? If we're watching a movie and we pause it to go get something to eat, it doesn't matter if it's a little coffee cup of ice cream on the rare occasions that happens, ice cream. Or it doesn't matter if it's a, a bowl of something or a hamburger. It doesn't matter what I'm eating. I, I can know exactly, I prepare it myself, nothing. I just cannot eat in the dark i cannot stand it I, it drives me insane it's not necessarily that i need to see but i mean i'll, I'll get up when i don't want to get up and just to turn a light on because sometimes i'll sit down and start eating and say whoa, whoa whoa this is something's wrong i gotta get up turn the light on when i'm done eating i can turn the light right back off not afraid of the dark it's just weird hmm. it's irrational hmm. i don't know what it means but it's a fact i cannot eat in the dark Where's the pun? Oh, when I said uh, light. Got it. Yeah. Got so it. You go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Something a little lighter. So, uh, okay. So a similar one to my like vacation uh, lack of underwear fear is being somewhere away from home and not having Adderall on me 
and like having to function without like my biggest fear is like to be like str stranded on a desert island without my Adderall. I will be stuck on that desert island for the rest of my life. Yeah, um, I, I fear of not having my meds handy yet because I, I know that like before my book came out, I was worried that somehow before because I had and I did the show with Justine Rotolo. Uh, you know, I promised her a year ago that when my book did come out that I could would do the launch show on her 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 show. So I did. But I really worried every now and then I'd be really worried that somehow I wouldn't have, be able to find my my pills or whatever before the show. And I would totally all this time and work and energy. And I totally just screwed the show and ended the book before it began. And not that that would have happened. But but that that was a, a real fear of mine. And it wasn't rational. But, you know, with all these fears, I find that the more I think about them, the more afraid I get of them. You know, but, really, but is, I have actually been this has happened three times in I've been at Home Depot for 16 years. And there have been two times I've had actually because I will start. I don't know what this means. So any any of you eggheads or doctors out there that I mean, hell, I, none of you listen to my show anyway. But if you're there, uh, uh, if you know, I, I'll some fear like it might have. I don't and I can't even really get into what they are because I don't want to. But like the most awful things that you can think of that would happen in your life. So whatever that is for you, that's what I do. The most terrifying scenes uh that you might have to live through if certain things happen and i'll think about those but then it's it's a lot more than thinking about them i start to imagine what they would look like and i see them so vividly and then i can't stop thinking about them and i have gotten myself so upset uh three different times that i can think of twice i've had to just go home and just because i couldn't be at work there's just no way i could i, I got myself so freaked out about it and the, the one time I didn't go home, I just went in the very back, you know, behind the building and just sat down and just kind of chilled out and, and, you know, managed to get past it myself, which was the last time. So, you know, that and that was kind of cool that I could do that. But but, you know, I do get myself in that, you know, these some of these fears that I have will really start to and that and, you know, I'll tell you what else, the fear of that, you know, the I'm afraid of these fears because you know, I've heard there's been certain circumstances where a woman so focused on being pregnant that she actually starts to show signs of her body actually, you know, her mind actually is causing her body to show signs and to lactate you know, and stuff. Yeah. You know, and because of that. So I kind of worry sometimes is that my that you're going to start lactating attack, is my fear of having a heart attack going to end up giving me some kind of a cardiac arrest or something. I mean, no. And, it and bothers me. So here Having the thought about that is not if you recognize that thinking it and having even just anxiety about it is not going to be harmful for your health. Um, so, it, you know, thoughts are powerful. The thing to understand, though, Tom, is that, you know, that we all have these kinds of crazy sort of crazy thoughts. Most people have this, uh, uh, this you know, kind of a crazy thought or disturbing, intrusive thought. And they go, oh, that was kind of strange. And then they kind of just move on. What happens with some people is they have this thought and they keep thinking about it and they explore it and they give that that thought, in a sense, more power. So, and what's interesting, Tom, is I think you have at your, I think so much of who you are is this kind of n not having judgment for yourself. And I think that's, I think that's, you know, I think you describe yourself as a fairly happy person. 
Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why. I think that you have to look at that inwards too and, and be able to, to say, okay, so I have this thought. Oh, it's, and so we look at a kind of mindfulness and how can we have a thought, like a disturbing thought, and say, oh, that's an interesting thought. So it's noticing it, but not judging it, not, not pushing it away and ignoring it, but just accepting it for what it is. I mean, in a, if we think about what a thought is, I mean, it's, it's, cra- it's this neurobiological, do you, I'm going to spell that out for you. I can go to smaller words if you want. No, I'm, <laughs> thank you for recognizing that. I, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> go ahead. Because you know I love you, Tom. Um, you know, so this chemical reaction in our brain that is somehow stamped with words that we can understand become thoughts. I mean, it's, it's when you kind of take a step back and kind of think about how do thoughts happen, so much of it is just chance and coincidence, and it's kind of amazing. So if you could almost look at a thought in wonderment and, and awe, or so, wow, like I'm having these thoughts. Interesting. Versus I'm having this thought. I had this thought I might have a heart attack. What does that mean? And you start going this cycle, this judgment piece. You know, when we look at the, the distressing emotions that people come into therapy for, anxiety and depression, you know, when it's, it's depression, people are often stuck about thinking about the past, the regrets. When it comes to anxiety, people are in our fear, have fear about the future. So it's the what if this, what if that? And so I look at it just a what if monster, you know, it's just a, it's a what if kind of loop. And so how do we kind of recognize it, call it what it is? It's, it's a little bit more than that <clears throat> for me though. Okay. Uh, hey, my father died of a heart attack at the age of 54. Okay. Uh, his father died of a heart attack at the age of 54. Okay. Okay. Now I, I imagine one of the other things they had in common were their eating habits up to the day they die. Okay. okay. That's why I don't eat a lot of the things that I would, Good for you, nor, that I would really enjoy. I mean, I really, you know, I'm not uh, never <clears throat> have been any kind of promoting health. I mean, when, a um, friend of mine, Andrew, you know, you know, him, uh, Andrew Wilcox, he, he's always talking about bacon. And of course, I always make some kind of a, a, a angioplasty joke with it and always, you know, bring that up because I don't eat bacon. I don't, you know, eat larger. I don't really hardly ever eat any red meat at all. You know, I mean, it, it's just mostly I eat, I mean, I do eat, I take care of myself in regard to what I eat. It's and good. it's not just Vaughn's insistence. It's you know, a lot of that is me. I, I tell you, Vaughn, you know, I used to free, I would tell her, Vaughn, stop buying this stuff. Stop. Well, she's finally done it, you know, and it's been a lot different. But, you know, I don't miss any of it. I don't miss red meat. I haven't drank Cokes. And I mean, I used to never, ever not have a two liter bottle of Coke in the refrigerator ever. And hmm. I, I don't remember the last time I had a Coke now. You know, I, I do. Uh, I am mindful of my health, whereas my father was not, you know, I mean, up until the time and he after he had a heart attack at the age of 45 and then he died at 54. Uh, you know, and he just turns 40, 44, 45, 44. 44. I just turned 44 okay. now, you know, but I mean, he would still at, be at work and they would go out for breakfast and he would always get like two bacon, egg and cheese bagels. You know, I mean, every single morning, you know, every morning he ate whatever he want. And look, I don't, I'm not angry that he didn't do the things he, you know, dad was happy when he died i'm okay i have no regrets in, in regard to that yeah, i wouldn't have wanted him to to live a 
what he might have deemed as being a, a shit because different things are different or, or you know there's things that are important to people that that are not important to me obviously eating is not as important to me as it might have been to him he knew the risks and took them anyway it mm -hmm. wasn't because he didn't want to live it's because he didn't want to live without having you know these things okay mm -hmm. fine so i don't judge him for it i'm not angry i have no re I no resentment for my father i would have I, I would have resent from re resentment for myself if i was the one poking him in the ribs every day forcing him to to live a longer life for which he wasn't happy in you know but, but tom going back to your fear about this you know so you have this 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 is evidence because one of the things we do when we look at fears is look is there evidence for the the thought all right now, what we want to do is really examine, is there evidence for it? Is there evidence that disputes it? So you have this fear that you're going to die of a heart attack, right? So you have, you have evidence for it from the family history, okay? Now, let's look at the evidence, that's evidence that could dispute it. You said you're, you're being very mindful of your, of your health, um, although as I watch you kind of drag on your whatever that is, your left. It's a vape pipe. Let's not even get into that, Dr. Tibbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is no better for you than having a cigarette. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, um, it's okay. So you eat healthy, <laughs> you've lost weight, right? I like 40 pounds. That's all, which is awesome. Yeah. Right? So there in that category, there's the evidence that disputes it. Now, when was the last time you went to a doctor? Yeah. What if I did? What I don't it? want to, I'm afraid to go Are to you? a doctor. For this, I mean, I, I don't have a, like a natural fear of doctors like some people do, but, mm -hmm. but I don't want to go to a doctor. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not interested. I don't, I don't, because see, I don't know of anything else I can do. You see, I mean, I'm doing as much as I know to do. And I, I for him to, t I, my blood pressure has always been very low. I mean, very low. Uh, but, and, and I assume it still is because I live, I, I eat better than, I mean, I've been since I've heard it when my cholesterol was low. Uh, I mean, all that crap. So you see so lots of evidence. So this fear is holding you back and it's it's really impacting you pretty significantly. It is the of all of my irrational fears that we've been discussing. I would say this is the lesser of the irrational ones, meaning just there there's more that, that I actually have a few reasons to to say, hey, well, maybe, you know, maybe I am being a little bit. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's not, it's just usually at night when I go to bed, it's usually when I think about it or when I think about like the distant future, which I rarely do. I live my life maybe 15, 20 minutes ahead of time, you know, at the most. You're, not, you're making progress. Yeah. I mean, the more I read about mindfulness and not that that's a lot, and really I should say the more I hear about it and it's usually from listening to Justine's show. Cause I know she's really, that's, that's her method. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I know a lot, there's, some people saying it doesn't work. I, I believe it does because, I mean, I, that's what she's been I think doing. you practice it more she's than you even realize. This. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. A lot of the things that it says are things that I sort of do. Yes, I would so, agree. And uh, that's what's prompted me to, to learn a little bit more about it. But, you know, and Justine's been doing this longer than anybody else I'm aware of. So, you should um, check out the uh, the book 10% um, Happier. Um, yeah. It's a great book it's about this uh, news anchor who had a panic attack. Um, and how he set of kind of his journey on how he discovers kind of meditation and, and, and mindfulness. And what he talks about in his first chapter, what he really wanted to call the book is, uh, my, my inner voice is an asshole. Well, I might've bought it if that were, 
<laughs> I've had so many people who, I, who I've shared this uh, this book with who said, why didn't he call it that? That's such a better title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just to, you guys, I mean, Carolyn was correct that Yvonne had a lot to do with the title of my book. But the truth is that Yvonne came up with the title. I mean, that was her. She she spouted. I was just thinking one day, I said, Yvonne, think of it. I mean, I was freaking out about this book being held up by the stupid title, you know, and you, well, know, you, you know how much I suck at making titles. I'm all, I, yeah, I know we we're actually back and forth. Like, come on, what's the title for this show? And you'll <sighs> share it in Dropbox and I'll listen to it. And I'm, you know, and I, I throw out all these kick-ass titles and then, <laughs> and then you take like a piece of one and a piece of the other. And that's the title. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to just let him have it. But I think 80, I think you, the only one that you actually took, took right was uh, uh adhd at 55 miles an hour i think that that's the title i made that was uh, good and a few of the other ones that's that cracks me up though when you send me those messages I'm like, <laughs> which is kind of cool because it's an excuse to get to listen to your show before everybody else which is kind of awesome well you know yesterday i was the day before the uh my interview with that russell barkley came out um i was i was uh going back and forth with uh with carolyn dargenio about the same thing I'm, i couldn't think of a title it's like my, my i it's so hard for me. I, I don't know why. It's um, but it, it's tough. It's, it's it matters. I mean, I, the title. I mean, people read it and they'll decide if they're going to listen or read it or whatever it is you're doing. You know, the title's important. Mm -hmm. You know, Tom. And so let me ask you this. I also I'm actually about three or four months uh, behind. I need to get some blood work done. Um, and you know, I, I tend to put that off as well. You and me. Should we set a date to make an appointment well, to get our our, our appointments? You know, what if what if I get some news that causes me to be really unhappy and I just say, you know what, you know, hell with the podcast, hell with the blog, hell with Facebook. And and what if your uh, your this endeavor ends up being I'm not saying it will, but I'm just saying what if it did? I mean, I, I, I actually would ask you the I, same thing. I know thing. it's the right thing to do because I, I there's too many stories I've heard of how true all of them are. I'm sure many of them are true you know, about some guy went in for just this one thing, but it turned out that he had seconds to live before this happened. I know that has happened, but I'm, I don't know if I've ever shared this story on my podcast. When I was 19, I was uh, messing around in a half pipe on a mountain bike and, um, which I had never done before. Um, and first time up, I, you know, kind of got not all the way up the half pipe, but I, I landed it and it was so my, kind of the bike went up the wall, the half pipe came down. I was, you know, right. I, I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie, you know, in certain, in, in sort of, in certain ways. So I decided to do it again, but this time with a lot more speed. So I went up and I cleared that wall <laughs> and, and, uh, I go up and the bike doesn't follow me. And, um, so I, I mean, it, it, in my memory, it's like it was in slow motion. So the bike slides down the, the ramp, the handlebar is sticking straight up, and I'm just free falling in the air. And I hit the, the, the side of my stomach. Like um, if I were to put my, my middle finger on my, my belly button, right basically where um, about an inch above my palm, I landed the first thing with the handlebar into my stomach. It felt like I got shot. I yeah. actually had a quart of blood in my stomach. My doctor told me that it is a miracle that I did not like puncture my spleen. My he's like, there's three organs that you could have punctured right there that could have killed you on the spot. Wow. Um, and I just remember you know, shared that story with me uh, on <laughs> and 
Oh, on that five hour, that 30 minute <laughs> chat we had to have that ended up lasting for five hours. That's when I, I learned a whole bunch of, whole bunch of stuff about you that I have not shared and we'll never. <laughs> so, you know, I, and I still remember just laughing cause I was in so much pain. It was like that kind of pain where you can't even cry. You just laugh cause it like, it just hurts so badly. But, but you didn't realize that it was medically like you were at death's door. I mean, yeah, I so get I, it, but I mean, wait, wait, so, so I went like to the doctor handlebar jammed into my stomach. I mean, regardless of whether I think there's any, but wait a minute. Damage, I went, I'm still going to the doctor, Tom, I went to the doctor and he did a bunch of blood tests and he saw that my, my calcium levels were high and he didn't really, um, he wanted to do some more tests cause he sort of had a hunch about, about something. Um, and he said, it's probably not what I think it is. Cause what I think it is usually people that have this thing, they're like in their sixties. So, I'm, but I just want to follow it up and make sure. Well, his hunch was actually correct. Um, I had a, a hyperparathyroid gland, um, which was, uh, resulting in basically I was pissing calcium. Um, so which is why my blood was elevated and, and, uh, um, my calcium levels were, were high. Um, I actually, I shrunk an inch. Um, during that time, and it was just coincidence that this was caught. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, it's it's fearful. It's, it's going to be afraid of what if. But I think the thing that we sometimes forget when we, when we start going through the what ifs, what ifs, you know, I think if we're really honest with ourselves, and the question is, if this happened, could we handle it? The answer is typically yes. doesn't mean we like it, but we typically can handle it. So I think when you kind of recognize that and, you know, it can, it's makes it easier to approach some of those fears really head on. Yeah. I think that, you know, and, and heroes are, they say heroes are, are not born, they're made, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, I'll tell you one thing that, and I don't want to upset anybody and I don't think this will, uh, I mean, I have a fear that it will, but I, I rationally know that it, it won't, but, you know, I knew that, uh, for instance, Carolyn was on your show. That mm -hmm. show was really a big deal to me. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, there was something wrong with her, her kid one day. And it's, it turned out, you know, he had the type one diabetes, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like she had been preparing for that her whole life for this day that, you know, it's just one day she was told it's time for you to be a superhero now. And she did, you know, and I'm not suggesting that, that care that she, Carolyn's not special cause she really is. But, you know, it was, uh, you know, people aren't, people just have to become these, these things sometimes. And there's things sometimes that they don't want to become, but they do in spite of it, you know, they have, because they have to, it's just, you know, it, if, if, something were to it wouldn't matter what ever happened to Yvonne or whatever I had to do to take care of her whatever changes had to result in my life to do that I would do that and mm -hmm. it's not something I want to happen but it's something that I know I will do and you know it's it's it, it's amazing you know a lot of the things that that people really don't believe they're capable of doing but you know I mean for I mean I remember before I went in the Navy I'd watch uh what was that full metal jacket okay mm -hmm. and i'd see these guys you know saying sir yes sir you know and all that and i'm like i don't think i could do that but you know what i discovered like like two seconds after i got off the bus is i was able to do that because i didn't even think about it i mean it was just it's just what you it's just what you do and that's just how it goes um do you mind if i give a, a plug for something no go ahead you're you were mentioning uh about 
Carolyn, we're doing a uh, that fundraiser. We're trying to get the uh, that, oh, yeah. that device um, for her son. That can basically they can send her a text message if her son, uh, her if his blood sugar is running high or low. Um, and with my client, you know, if, if uh, he would have had that, it could have potentially saved his life. We're, we're trying to raise three thousand dollars. That's how much the device costs, which really isn't that much. But her insurance has denied it twice, um, which just sucks. Um, so if you know if, if that's something you want to contribute to, just go to. I never remember my own links. Um, I'll put a. I think I'll it's com slash, I think it's T1D, I think. Tom will put a. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll put a link on my, my show page for it. Yeah, but that's, uh, you know, really, really did do feel for, for, you know, Carolyn. But, you know, you know, you'd never really, you know, I mean, honestly, hearing her talk, it's like, this is the person I've been talking to for, I mean, I had no idea that's, the kind of thing that she was going through yeah. uh day to day because i mean it, it's it's just something that she's accepted it's it is her life and that's how i mean and it's just you know amazing that that that, that she does that but and, and tom it, you know impressive he, but anybody i mean but not anybody but a lot of that's just how it happens though yeah yeah but i, I just gotta ask you go go to the doctor take care of yourself because I, I consider you a good friend and uh I'm, I'll kick your butt if you don't take care of yourself and you die. So just, you know, <laughs> in, in all seriousness. You know, it's – Yvonne actually was – I did agree to do it. Uh, Yvonne was, you know, telling me about it. And, and I my understanding was that – I've already been on my vacation. But while I was on my vacation, she was going to, uh, uh, to actually uh, – make an appointment for me because i mean it's it, for me to go to the doctor on my day off is like a waste of a day off you know it's I like yeah I, I, I i'm there with the you house, but i have to leave the house and go anywhere and do anything that my day off is shot because unless it's like the guitar center I, or <laughs> there's nothing i hate worse than a time and a place yeah, yeah that i have to be and it doesn't matter what it is okay but um, Eric, I think what we have done today is like six shows and I might actually have to, uh, cut this one into pieces, but the, I suppose I have a Facebook or Facebook, a YouTube channel. And I think that the video, at least, uh, that you were kind enough to record for me because you have a zoom account and you can learn about zoom at erictivers.com forward slash zoom, right? That's right. So there's your plug. Tom, you're awesome. The first commercial ever on the Tom Nardone show for Eric Tivers. EricTivers.com forward slash Zoom. That's how we recorded the show today. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so go there and sign up. It's free. And even if you don't pay for it, Eric, get something for it, I think. Oh, sort Whatever. of. I mean, not exactly. Sort of. Not really. Yeah, I have this weird affiliate thing that if you, if you, go, if you go pro – which basically means you can do unlimited time for your, your meetings and you pay for three months. I start getting like a little bit of money from that. So it's, and it's pretty um, cool. Cause when you, when you end the meeting, it automatically converts the file it has been saving yes. to a, an audio file and a video with audio file, which is kind of cool, but you're going to put in your Dropbox so that I can do something with the today's show. I'll uh, do, I'll, I will upload that to your, the Dropbox, send it to you as soon as you make a, a doctor's appointment. But Eric, there's probably not another other than myself and Yvonne. There's probably not another person's name I have mentioned more times on my show uh, than yours. I think uh, a lot of the reason uh, why this podcast ha is even 
anything today and a lot of the reason why it's been a success has been to your uh your patience and your willingness to help me through some of the the more difficult challenges uh technically uh and you know you've inspired shows there's you know been times when i didn't have a show and you're like hey tom where's the show i figured you'd have a show today and that's like crap you know what we got to do a sh and we did a show because because of your messages and uh all right, I'm leaving you with one last fear. I fear that your your podcast won't continue. Oh no, my podcast will continue. Yvonne and I, it's it's a bigger, it's it's bigger, it's become bigger than the podcast. It's it's our it's the time Yvonne and I spend collaborating and 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 doing something together. It's it's one of the very very few things that both of us really do enjoy doing. So there's really no chance that the podcast is ever going to end. Uh, I so so you can rest easy uh, there. You can put that fear to rest. All right, man. Well, I gotta let you go. I got a client that I believe is in my waiting room. All right. Well, Eric, thanks for being on the show, man. I sure appreciate it. My and pleasure. thanks everybody else for listening. I'm Tom Nardone. You're welcome. We'll see you next time.